You're listening to Coleman Power on the Organic Fitness Podcast. All right, Brian, welcome to the latest show of the Organic Fitness Podcast with myself, Coleman Power Organic Fitness. I suppose uh, Brian is after starting what I would call the new way of production of food, the likes of it being grown in the likes of the middle of Cork City, and he started a project in Coachford that we'll get further on into in this week's episode. I suppose, Brian, say hello to the listeners and give maybe a little bit of a background of who you are and what you've previously done or what you're even you're doing at this yep. moment. Yeah, cheers, Coleman. Um, yeah, so we, I have a business, Cork Rooftop Farm. We founded it uh, around March last year, around the turn of the first lockdown, the first COVID lockdown. Um, I was kind of forced to close down a wholesale fresh flower business I own. Um, like many people, you know, who were forced to, to close businesses and just stay put at home and and, and isolate and I live right in the heart of the city on Cork City on, on a on a place called Labbitt's Key near the Coal Key, Carmack Street. And um adjacent to where I live is a large building that used to house the, the, the first floor business and it has a large flat roof. So anyway, long story short, we to fill my spare time and my friend Ty's spare time, we started growing veggies on this roof. Um and you know, the weather was fine the, sure. at the time, so you could get out and do things. And um, like I've got a shoebox apartment here in the city, so if I had been confined to 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 sitting on the couch twiddling my thumbs inside there, I would have gone off my chuck. So only for it really was my kind of saving grace for that period. Um, you know, it kind of for a lot of people it was, I think, you know, like loads of people turned to gardening and still there seems to be some uh, enormous uh, renaissance yeah. in yeah. in everything. Yeah, it's just like the, the movement is is growing exponentially, it seems just month on month it's 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 taken off in a major way. So uh, and really I think that period of time was just the catalyst for it all, just people just turned to gardening and outdoors as a as a means of uh therapy almost you know yeah what was your previous maybe background were you did you grow up on a farm or did you have any growing experience previous to this or where's your mother and father um, like i you know every i think every family in ireland has some sort of a link to a farm but like i grew up in bishopstone in the suburbs um we did have three quarters of an acre of glass houses out our back garden. So we were a bit different to most people in the, in the suburbs of Bishopstone. So my grandmother uh, and my grandfather would have been kind of very interested in horticulture. Uh, my grandfather worked in what was known then as Munster and Leinster, now AIB, and would have been the head of the agricultural department in that. Um, my grandmother would have had a very green finger and would have, like, all the my father's siblings, including himself, would have been out working in the glass houses so when we we moved into that home then when my grandfather passed away in the 90s and yeah we I would have been doing a bit of gardening and doing a bit of growing but just hobby stuff and I didn't really pay much attention to to kind of any notion of a commercial uh future in it um but and then my father would have always had kind of a homestead garden and you know homegrown food would have been a 
a thing growing up like um but so so that again that idea i guess stuck with me and it uh the seed was there as they say to start something but uh didn't didn't know what it was going to be and then I suppose then off the bat, we're going to say your college experience wasn't based in horticulture per se. Am I right in saying that? What, what did you study in college? Yeah, like I I came out of secondary school not having a clue what I wanted to do. So I went to Limerick for a year, did law and European studies. Uh, that wasn't for me. Did a year of that, came back down to Cork and I did a degree in computer science then in UCC. Um, and like I got through it. I wouldn't just say I was the best student computer science student that you see ever saw <laughs> um but i got through it i had the piece of paper and I, I i know a thing or two about coding uh which has helped me in my subsequent um business uh, inclusion in the family business and the wholesale flower business so i i will take care of kind of all the it stuff there i guess and all that that side of things and even to know to, to to have that knowledge in it is is i guess invaluable in any way because it you know so many things now are so heavily focused around computers and technology and stuff so it, it's not been it's not been lost on me anyway but no it, it definitely wasn't going in doing a, a a course in horticulture or agricultural science or something like that there was none of that um you know it was it was it was very much javascript and c and that, <laughs> nothing to do with um microorganisms or anything like that so i suppose i want to even roll it back or even get more closer to questions on like what are the produce that you're growing on the likes of this rooftop just to get the listeners bring roll it back in what are the produce that you're growing and yeah flying in cock city firstly yeah so what we started off with last year was growing in raised beds and soil so that was kind of what we started off doing so it was the most accessible way for us to start uh we just built these raised beds and pallets with cheap wood reclaimed wood we got the soil up there it was wasn't even compost it was just you know topsoil is the cheapest good quality stuff we could get we could afford i guess um and then we kind of topped it up with a bit of compost but even at the time it was murder to try and find compost so um that's what we started off with we started off with you know one one evening we went mad online buying every seed packet we could see on brown envelope <laughs> seeds and we yeah we just started into everything and i think that was a good way to go because you know we learned a great great amount about a different cross spectrum of of crops in a, in a very short period of time um and it gave us a good foundation i guess in what to do and what not to do um and what, what were even some of the ones that we made a major hash of i just and, and what are the ones that you found very uh, or natural to we've got the green thumbs or <laughs> Give you both into the spectrum. Yeah, a lot of the time it was just, I mean, um a lot of the time it was really down to our context where we made an absolute hames or something. Like um cucumbers, for example, just we didn't have a, a tunnel and uh we didn't have soil at the start. We just had all the seedling trays growing and we were kind of frantically trying to build them so the cucumbers didn't really like that being kind of pop bound for too long and uh you know yeah it just really stunted them and stuff like that and then sure aphids got a hold of them and everything got a hold of them and they were just 
rubbish by the end of the season, really. <laughs> but tomatoes we grew in containers as well. But then they, yeah, we, with the way we did the containers, it was kind of leaching out a lot of the nutrients. And it was, they were, again, they were pop bound by the end of it. We could have had a bit of root pruning going on there. Maybe it would have helped them out a bit of air. A, a bit more air holes and pots and things like that would have helped on that side of things. But we got a good tomato crop out of it and the heirloom tomatoes were unbelievable treasure to have out the back for a, like uh, for anyone who was even half considering to grow their own any crop, I'd recommend just tomatoes because the flavour is just there's no comparison. Like I love it. Um, yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's exceptional. So we did about tw- 15 to 20, I think it was 15 varieties of, of tomatoes but then even with that it was a challenge to to get it going because like we didn't have our greenhouse fully built till late june so it was um yeah you're look we were kind of on the back foot from from day one on, on last year but it, it, that's because nothing was planned so it was just go with the flow and that was we were learning on the hoof so we loved it you know so it's great and um, but yeah, we got a great crop of spuds, carrots, parsnips, lettuces, loads of different herbs, beets, radishes, um, spring onions, onions, like, um, you know, and chilies, peppers. Like we did we did okay, like, um, and then last year we started experimenting with microgreens and stuff like that as well. Um, so, yeah, we, we kind of, we weren't afraid to kind of tackle anything or give it a go, I guess ignorance is bliss I think a lot of the time in those situations so um, if we ever wanted to learn about how to do something you know university YouTube was always there um, and I had subs in July I did travel to to Sweden to uh, Ridgedale Farm um, to, to to Richard Perkins and I did a course there in in, in um I suppose farm scale permaculture and stuff like that and regenerative agriculture so that was a huge that that really was what kind of gave me personally that extra go to really pursue this and um, um, once I saw that setup I was like oh this is this is heaven like um, this is how things need to be done you know and there needs to be more of this happening around the world and um, so just for the listeners, explain even who Richard Perkins is. I know who he is, but just for the yeah. general listeners. Well, Richard, Richard Perkins, he's um, he has a regenerative agricultural farm in uh, 59 degrees north in Sweden. So he, he's multi-enterprise, so he does pastures, raised uh, animals such as uh, broilers, hen, laying hens, cows, pigs, sheep, um, and he also has a, a an incredible market garden, no dig market garden with woodchip pathways. Um, and he has a growing season of about five to six months. So it's a very intense period where he's farming, but he generates enough revenue from that five to six month period to sustain his family and also to feed his family for the whole year. And um, so his number one priority, he says, is obviously to, to feed and to, 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 to have a, a, I suppose, an adequate supply of food for him and his family. And then secondly, it's to produce enough to make a living outside that. And um, he's been very active in educating and all the enterprises that he's done. And he's he would be one of the world leaders, I would say, in regenerative agriculture at this stage. Um, so when I went up and I did this course, it was about uh, seven, eight days. And you learn from everything from agroforestry to market gardening to 
pasteurized hens to key line design to um you know everything about you how you use water uh, it's like yeah and then there's some other concepts which are just mind-blowing that you learn about so once once i went to that learning about soil like i think if people really knew the power of soil it would just blow their mind you know um and well soil when it's it's properly managed and the the the, the i suppose the power of it climatically um so yeah it was a it was an eye-opening experience and that drove me on then to think right we've got the rooftop farm and i think we had a business plan set out for the rooftop farm from kind of may june and we were kind of on the path to 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 drive on with that which was we were going to put in an aeroponic farm in order to uh, grow as much produce in a small confined space using as little water as possible um obviously soil up on the rooftop is not really a luxury we have every time we bring up soil we need you know it's 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 a it's a massive undertaking and it's also extra weight on the roof and there's only a certain amount of weight we can hold on the roof so the aeroponic farm was uh, uh, the, the natural way for us to go. So aeroponics basically is um, you have a it's a plastic tower and we have 60 of them and they have these little holes in a tube going up, which are called ports that you put plants into. And uh, there is no water in the tower apart from in the tank at the bottom. And there's a pump at the bottom of the tank and that pump pumps the water to the top. Uh, and that water trickles down, feeding the plant and feeding the and hydrating plants. So that's what aeroponics is in a nutshell. And in an 80 meter squared space, we're able to grow four and a half thousand plants. Um, so it's it's quite a, an intensive way of growing, but a very productive way and uh, quite very environmentally friendly also. So that's what we we we'd identified as our initial. Um, money-making venture, I guess, uh, as well as microgreens, which are a staple, I guess, uh, in maybe the so much in the direct consumer trade, although they are becoming more and more popular. Um, but unfortunately for us, I guess, the lockdown happened and then locked, subsequent lockdowns. So that's been a very inconsistent trade. And um, we've had consistency to a level direct to consumer, but... Um, I think now with the restaurants reopening in the next few weeks, that'll probably kick on a match. Uh, and yeah, we've got quite a lot of demand for that from the restaurants now for the summer months and stuff. So it'll be good because we've, we've, I think we've kind of got our processes down on that. We've had, yeah, so there's, there's, I suppose there's different uh, challenges to growing microgreens. So microgreens are basically um, crops kind of like uh, pea shoots, cress radishes uh brassicas there's you can grow dozens and dozens of different types of crops but grown to uh what's known as a cotyledon or sprout stage so they're grown for maybe seven to 21 days and just grown to maybe about two two and a half inches and they're packed full of nutrients they use the energy from the seed uh, to grow to that stage so it's it's a very um nutritionally dense uh product to, to consume um and also uh, quite good for us on a rooftop because you can grow a lot of product in a very small area um and it's very quick as well to grow so kind of ticks a lot of boxes for us
Um, so yeah, so that's 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 what microgreens would be, I guess. Um, yeah, and it's it's important that people actually can realize that they can be more sustainable themselves. Like microgreens, I tell people, I I always recommend tomatoes. Like if you have even the likes of a pot, a small container, you could do any type of those leafy greens, whether it be spinach, perpetual spinach, it could be kale. Microgreens are a really easy one, and they can successionally sow them, and those have like higher antioxidants than compared to the fully mature plant. And antioxidants are just those beneficial chemicals that we're not getting enough of. Has your diet improved, Brian, I suppose, since you started growing a little bit of your own? Maybe your energy levels, or what have you felt? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. Like, I sometimes I'm so busy during the day that I'm like, okay, now, Brian, stop a second, look at your garden and pick something to eat. Uh, <laughs> do you know? Um, and being, I suppose, like, so it's it's literally out my back window. I look out my back window of my apartment and you can see the greenhouse and the rooftop. So it's it's incredibly easy for me to just walk out and, and get my food. Um, and it's an unbelievable uh, resource to have. Like it's, it's so cool to be able to walk out and pick it, have it for your dinner. And then 10, 15 minutes later, it's it's pretty much on your plate. Like, um, so I would say definitely it has improved my diet um, and even a thing like having your own eggs, you know, like that's, that's such a nice luxury just to have, like every household in the countryside should have a couple of hens, like every household. No like, yeah, it, you know, they're just so easy to keep um, and just the benefit of having fresh eggs, the taste, the the nutritional value is it's they're 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 an absolute treat. So we've six hens on the rooftop here, and we've four hundred out in Coachford. Um, and yeah, I love. I, I you couldn't you couldn't sit in a supermarket to eat eggs like I just no. Um, I'd be the very same to, with tomatoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the same during the winter when in the mode if, if you go near them like if you try it's just it's almost like a different fruit like it's, it's not and when people say that they don't like vegetables it's more so that they don't like the crap and the rubbish that they have been consuming on a regular basis and i was one of them individuals because my diet wasn't what it is today eating clean mm. ingredient uh, produce but the thing is tomatoes i would have never touched i would have never went went like the whole idea of the difference between the different salads the oriental salads which most people might not even know it's rocket it's minsuna yeah you know tat soy all those things i never would have grown up greens to me was either broccoli or cabbage that my granny would have boiled to death yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Do> you know? <laughs> i know i know every little portion of nutrient boiled to an inch of its life but <laughs> it yeah and like you know, we've started growing the Asian leaves now out in the, the farm. And oh, my God, it's just like when you have them fresh, they're unreal. They're unreal. Um, it's mustards and rosabino and rocket. Yeah. It's like greens don't need to be boring and watery nuttiness, you know. Uh, they're actually a really interesting, uh, complex flavored, you know, vegetable. If it, you know. When, when you find somebody growing them in the right way, I guess. And there are lots of people, thankfully, more and more around the country doing it now. Um, you know, 
um, it's great to see the proliferation of kind of market garden growers. Kind of, it's it's definitely something that's 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 picking up a bit of of, of speed. But like, there needs to be more of it, I guess. John. Yeah, and with greens being one of the listed foods that can be heavily sprayed throughout a growing season, that's one of the things I highly recommend. Whether it be that spinach, that kale, or those salads, oriental or leafy salad throughout the summer. It's so important to you try to get your hands on. Either find someone that's growing yep. it local. Secondly, find a box scheme because they're coming up. And I suppose that brings me on to what's the main goal, maybe, or what's the plan with Coach for the, the project you have out there? Yep. So expand on that point, maybe. So, firstly, we wanted to grow no dig. Um, so, uh, what we mean by no dig or mint till, I guess. Well, we don't we don't do till either. Um, we don't we've we've put on a heavy layer of compost above the soil level with wood chip in the pathway so by heavy layer i mean minimum six inches uh, of compost and minimum four inches of wood chip for our pathways so that's like almost like a blanket over the top of our soil base which is feeding microbial life underneath um it's it's a heavy layer of organic matter which just is is our real investment in our future out there um when we don't till the ground we don't expose the carbon in the soil to uh, to oxygen and you don't leach it out in the form of co2 so you're not you're not further contributing to that problem we have of 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 climate of climate change so plowing and, and tilling is contributing unfortunately to that 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 issue and no till growing or no no dig doesn't um it's an, an input heavy form of growing so we need that compost we need that high quality compost every year in order to grow um so we put down that six inches this year which will feed microbes which will you know grow our <clears throat> our healthy uh, produce but we do need to top it up every year so it's important that we're producing compost out there as well. So that's kind of the next phase of what we're turning to is, is compost um, and, and making that kind of closing that loop out at the farm, I guess. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's really about being able to grow really high nutrient dense, delicious produce in, in a, a, a regenerative way. Um, and Kind of linking that then with the, the 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 rooftop farm because with the rooftop farm we have a unique setting and a, a unique um, I suppose uh, context and being able to show both sides of the coin I feel is is very important because ultimately no one thing is going to kind of progress how how agriculture moves in a positive direction i think it needs to be multifaceted so if we can kind of show both sides and as an example to people um and that's going to be a big part of the future for the cork rooftop farm i think is being able to educate and um you know demonstrate how we're doing what we're doing to in order to try and spread that proliferation of of uh growing and you know gardening and you know sustainability at home for yourself so if we can do that in both an urban and a rural setting then i think it's a very powerful 
uh, combination. So that's the main goal probably for the two um, holdings that you have for education for people more so than supplying a large or producing a large commercial area to supply restaurants, shops. But I know that will inevitably happen. Nonetheless, if you produce food yeah, and you can eat, that will be distributed throughout the retail. No, I guess like production is, is obviously a very important part. And I think, you know, we have, uh, we have employees now who need to earn a living as well. And, and, and the, for the amount of work they do, they need to, to earn a, a decent living so it's about getting that though these enterprises up to a, a stage as well where they're not only you know regenerative and uh you know uh, economic or like ecologically friendly but they need to be financially viable as well because in order for our example to stand up on merit there needs to be um a financial um basis to it um it, it, it can't just be uh, a very very expensive hobby you know um it needs it needs to 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 be financially viable and in order for that people like need to v- put value then in, in the produce you know um i feel that vegetables especially have been so devalued in in the last say 10 to 15 years it's incredible um now that's probably come in line with, you know, the introduction of say the 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 discount stores and all the rest of it. Um, you know, yeah. the forty nine cent deals. Jeepers, it's a, it's it's a heartbreak. Like, it is a heartbreak, and for yeah. someone, for anybody yeah, who yeah. produces anything or grows anything themselves, it's the fact that they say that oh no, I won't buy that salad bag that's grown by Brian or Coleman for. 250 mm. or three euro because i can get it for 49 cent in a such and such a shop or i can get it for a euro or a dollar which is not the same thing because it's not comparable it's grown with regenerative agriculture it's harvested typically on the same day and either put into a fridge and delivered to you with optimal nutrition when the whole idea yeah. of it is it's not what's typically just conventional against organic or chemical free to say that there's some people say there's more in com- uh, organic some people are chemical free there's more but the fact is that it's sometimes what's not in it it's what sh- or more so what's not in it the whole idea of it is it's grown or agriculture it's treated as in with utmost respect and harvested with the likes of out harsh chemicals in its production no exactly and i think more and more people are coming around to that and i, I can see it in the farmer's market for example on, on saturdays here and it's um you know, it's it's such a pleasant surprise when people come back to me the following Saturday and they say, I opened my salad leaves on Friday and, and they were still perfect. And I'm like, yeah, that, that's what happens when they're not three weeks old when you buy them, <laughs> you know. Um, and um, it's just, you know, when things are harvested fresh, like things like salad greens and all that, when they're consumed, you know, Within that twenty-four to forty-eight hour period of harvest, the nutritional value is is far more far greater than you know, like days later. It does fall off a cliff a bit later on, but um, you know, the sooner you can consume those harvested lettuce greens, especially not so much with the root veg and stuff, but definitely greens and all that kind of stuff, the, the fresher it's just, yeah, it's medicine, so. Food is medicine. I've stated that. I'm shouting that for the last two years here on this podcast. Food is medicine. The yeah. iron, magnesium, all found in greens and in higher concentrations in those oriental salads. They're literally the best thing you can possibly do. And if people are spending, saying the food is expensive, if you spend money on supplements, I'd recommend you. magnesium and iron is a typical one that people regularly take, multivitamins and yeah. vitamin C. My God, 
and you've the added advantage when you get it from greens or produce, you have fiber, fiber linked with gut health. You're on a winner when you're getting the best stuff you possibly can at the freshest, most optimal nutrition. Like, no, it is, it's, um, but it's, it's, you know, it's easy to say that, but like sometimes it's difficult for people in different situations, they may not have the income that, um, they think is is enough to to justify certain things or whatever they put more weight in say i don't know their friday night pints or whatever i don't know and i'm never going to begrudge some of their friday night pints i love my friday night pints whenever we can get to have them yeah. but you know it's it's like you know whatever you're putting in your body it, it like you know it it yeah the the if you can find someone you know who's producing it in the right way and you're buying it fresh it's just you, you will notice the difference you just will uh in your body in your in your energy levels in your general well-being in your mental health even you know you'll you'll, you'll notice a difference uh, i challenge anyone to to go on a 30-day strict diet of it and not feel the, the difference you know um it's 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 made like i think Again, just coming back to my trip to Sweden, it was probably the first time I'd gone to a place where, like, everything we ate up there, everything that we consumed on those 10 days or whatever was from the farm. And I came away from that. Thing. I was just like, I just felt a million bucks. And I, up until that point, I wasn't really doing it through the rooftop farm because we were still ongoing bits and pieces here and there. And, you know, but after that, I was just like, ah, this is, this is phenomenal. You know? Um, and yeah, we've got people now subscribed to our box, uh, our CSA, uh, that literally started last week. So it's it's gas to hear the feedback this week. Uh, you know, we were putting things into the box, and some people had never seen it in their lives. Um, and it's it's amazing to hear the reactions. You know, like they didn't know what a kamatsuna was let alone how to cook it, let alone what the texture or the taste or the, what, you know. So um, that type of thing is is very uh, fulfilling and rewarding to hear people who've never tasted maybe these vegetables in their lives and then they're, they're loving it, you know. Um, and it, ultimately it's it's better for them. Like it's 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 to have that, that uh, you know, we harvested it on Friday, they picked it up on Saturday, they're eating it that night. So it's like, Happy days. Yeah, and, and that's 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 what that's the future. People getting things more like the amount of fruit and vegetables that can be grown in Ireland is astronomical. And for us to be yeah. shipping in, like we could say go down the fact that we ship in a huge percentage of potatoes from outside mm -hmm. of Ireland. And that's crazy when you think about it. Like I don't even want to say yeah. the figure. We a huge percentage of the potatoes that we're eating in Ireland and buying in shops are from not uh, Irish uh, grown. I know it's 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 a I think for such a culturally important product, we'd at least be uh, net exporters of it. But, uh, you know, we probably are, but it's uh, I don't know. But I definitely don't have that figure off the top of my head. But it's 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 a no-brainer. Like potatoes should be <laughs> again anyone a bag and put a bloody seed spot into it. It'll grow. <laughs> you know. It'll grow. You'll get potatoes, and you're yeah. It's it's again, and anyone can do that in a on a terrace, on a deck, on a tiny back garden. You know, it's 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 one of those crops that you can grow it in a bucket. Like it's 
it'll just grow. I suppose, right, I'm going to quickly wrap it up, but I would like you to finish with maybe three vegetables and maybe tips on for people being more sustainable for themselves, wherever they are, whether they're on a balcony, on a rooftop, have a small meter squared housing estate, yeah. back garden where they could grow a little bit around. What are their, your three top vegetables that you recommend them to grow? So I think it's funny because I did this, sim- something for my, my little cousin. She's like four years old, Anna, recently. I did, did a little tray for her, seeded it up, and she's having the best fun ever growing it. So basically what I did is I, I, I did an, a punish of 18 modules, and I put into eat three of each of them, I put different crops, which is about, you know, so things like rocket, which will grow literally like a rocket. You'll have, you'll be harvesting it in a few weeks radishes again the same thing you can't fail growing radishes and white turnip those three if you did those three and you set them in the ground now you'd be eating them in a few weeks time and that doesn't matter where you are if you're on a balcony if you're in uh, the middle of the countryside or if you're uh, i don't know up timbuktu but they'll grow they'll just grow and um, they really are uh, prolific in terms of that and you know with the turnips you can boil them they're they're white t- especially i'd suggest this time here they're absolutely something again you don't see them in supermarkets you know white turnips which is funny um because they are the nicest turnip out there um and you know the radishes fair enough you see them now probably coming into the supermarkets at 10 cent for a bag i don't know but if you can grow them yourself there's no there's no comparison there's just no comparison and then again rocket it's a lovely or even any asian green if you tried something like interesting like a, a mustard or a red or a, a yellow yellow leaf mustard or a, a like wasabi we've started growing out of the farm it's unbelievable um you know any asian leaf basically give it a go yeah well those are suppose um, are three classic veg all brassicas actually nonetheless and um yeah. I suppose what I get you to say even is what, firstly, appreciate, thanks for coming on to the podcast, but where's the best place for the listeners to contact you or even get involved or buy some of your produce from either Coachford uh, and or the Cork Rooftop Garden? Yeah, you can, I suppose Instagram really is where we we put most of our stuff out. So go on to Instagram.com and at Cork Rooftop Farm is our handle. So search for similar there and you'll find us or on Facebook. Uh, and we have a bit of stuff on YouTube as well but yeah Instagram is probably the, the best place to, to reach out to us and learn a bit more and then you can order through our website as well corkroof.farm.ie Brilliant I'll be tagging all that in the show notes and uh, I suppose yeah. thanks very much Brian for coming on to the podcast and as I always end these shows stay tuned stay classy and keep it organic